So on the Feast of the Epiphany, which we celebrate today, uh, it's, I think, often the case for us in Western society that we start the celebration of Christmas, or we start the idea, the preparation for Christmas, we start the, the Christmas songs, the Christmas gifts, the tinsel, the Christmas tree, and all that kind of thing as early as possible. I'm not sure if that's for religious reasons or commercial reasons or coil reasons, but, but there are the, basically we start Christmas as early as we can. By the time we get to Christmas, we're kind of almost tired out by it, and by the time we get to New Year, we're kind of done with Christmas. You know what I mean? Like the, the celebrations have been done, the, the, the holidays, like it's time to get back into, into real life. By the time we get to the Epiphany, then I think we're all Christmased out. Like there's just there's very little left in the Christmas tank. Um, it's not like that in many other cultures in, uh, on the continent. Now, it wouldn't be like that at all in Austria and Germany. They start the Christmas celebrations much, much, much later. I think the Christmas tree goes up on like the 22nd, 23rd of December, you know? So there's a lot more. The, kind of, the Christmas season is pushed out into the new year, uh, which makes sense. When the light of the world comes, it's kind of from then on you celebrate. Uh, so there's basically the Feast of the Epiphany is much, much more important. Uh, to many other cultures than, than it is here uh, in Ireland. As I say, we're, kind of, we're all Christmased out by the, time, by the time the epiphany comes around. So it has maybe lost a little of its significance or, or its, 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 its profound meaning. It's a solemnity, after all. Right? It's a, so it's a, it's a very important feast in the church. And why? Why is that? So a little background like of what, we're, what, we're, what we understand by this feast, because, uh, again, as with a lot of things to do with our faith, our faith formation tends to stop when we're children. So when, we're, when we hit the age of maybe confirmation, 12 or 13, uh, 12, uh, our, our faith formation stops. So often we don't have an adult's understanding of, of the significance of these things. So, okay, so we have three wise men, three uh, magi, as they're, as they're often called, uh, who came from three different countries. So we have Melchior from Persia. We have uh, Gaspar from India and Balthazar from Arabia. Now, just that idea on its own. These three wise men, again, probably noblemen, probably wealthy because you can't just you know, up shop and head off with, with, with your camels or horses uh, for months unless you're relatively wealthy. And of course, with the gifts, the gifts that they presented as well, they were, they were wealthy. So we know they were, they were wealthy. But they were from different countries. Again, this is before the days of like, easy communication or email or phones or anything. So there's something, there's something that drew these men together. If they knew each other beforehand, we don't really know. If they met each other on, on the way, we don't really know. But something, something drew them together. And the church actually celebrates them as, as saints. Right? So, the, the, again, there's, 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 there's this like kind of innate desire in every heart for God. And they were looking for, for, for something deeper. Right? So not just... Uh, a king of the Jews, yeah, which I mean, but like king, kings of Jews came and went. There were plenty of kings of Jews before, you know, before the Lord, from, from Saul and David, Solomon and on. Uh, then when the, the kingdom split to the north, uh, northern kingdom and southern kingdom, there were plenty of kings. Why come to see this one? This one's different. We saw his star as it, ar- as it arose. So there's there's something very, very special about this. This isn't just an ordinary king. Like, what kind of a king is prepared? What, what, the coming of what king is prepared by solar phenomenon, stellar phenomenon? Like, this, this, is, this, is, this is very, very different. And by the way, um, the, the northern star can tell you where north is. Can any star indicate a particular house? 
No, it can show you where north is, but it can't indicate a house or a barn, right? A star can't do, they don't do that, right? No more than the sun can indicate your home as opposed to someone else's. Like, it, you know, a star indicates that general, that general region over there is north, okay? Uh, but it can't indicate a particular tree, a particular car, a particular house. So again, we're talking like supernatural phenomenon here. That a star, I mean, a star can, again, it can lead you a, a general direction, but it can't lead you to a particular street. So if they were led so precisely, I mean, obviously, they, they, they were able to make it to Jerusalem. Okay, Bethlehem is six, six miles outside of, of Jerusalem. So you can imagine, obviously, they're looking for a king. They're looking for uh, some sort of a powerful ruler. You head to the main city. Where else would you go? And then they're talking to Herod. They obviously know it's not him. And they ask him, where is the infant king? And even like you could imagine, like to, to Herod's ears, right? Where is the infant king of the Jews? Herod's like, mm, that should be me. What do you mean? Tell me, tell me more about this infant king. You know, he doesn't imagine like that sinister heart just full of such hatred. So they, they go and they find him. Again, the star like rests over the, the stable. That's supernatural. Okay, and they go in and they see Our Lady and, and the child. They don't mention St. Joseph. He was there too. He was there too, but they don't mention the script. Uh, St. Matthew here doesn't mention him, but he was there, obviously. And the, sight of the, the sight of the star filled them with delight. Going into the house, they saw the child and his mother, and falling to their knees, they did him homage. Again, this, see, the details here are always so important. So these are three wealthy, well-informed, intelligent, either noblemen, maybe, maybe leaders uh, of their various countries or tribes. They get to a stable, they see a child in a trough, and they drop to their knees. There's something, there's something, there's something in them that's, that, has, that shows an openness to God. And there must be something in Jesus and Mary as well that shows this isn't just an ordinary birth, or to be honest, an ordinary homeless couple, because no one lives in a barn. So are they homeless or what? But they, like, the, this, this innate understanding in them that this, there's something special here, something like divine. I'm not sure if they can put words on it like, but they were looking for an infant king of the Jews and when they saw this child, they dropped to their knees. So maybe, maybe they did recognize this is in some way in, in the future, he's going to be the king of the Jews. And they present their gifts. And again, for us, uh, the whole gifts thing is very much done and dusted uh, on, on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, usually the 25th. Uh, here, in other countries, um, some of the gifts are given on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, and some, now the Feast of the Epiphany, even someone sent me a message there yesterday from, from Italy saying, you know, what, what gifts have you asked from the, the three Magi? And I said, we don't, we don't do gifts on the Feast of the, of the Magi like that's we're done, we're done with gifts. <laughs> but uh, and she, she was shocked, she thought Ireland was all Catholic. I said, no, nah, once upon a time, but even, even when we were solidly Catholic, the Magi thing, was just, the Epiphany was never just, we were too poor, we were too poor to get two sets of gifts within, within two weeks. So <laughs> anyway, it was just never a thing. Um, but the idea of gifts, it's, it's, it's important around the season of Christmas, it's important in today's gospel 
And I think in general, it's actually, it's an important idea for God. It's an important concept, the idea of a gift. Why? What is the difference? Why, why is the idea of a gift so important to God? Well, because one gives without expecting anything in return. And that's, that's the, the, the key um, concept there behind gift giving. So God gives us all of creation, but not, not to be repaid in some way, not that we can then work as his slaves and build up his kingdom or whatever it is. Uh, a gift is, is freely given. Even the gift of oneself in marriage, it's a gift freely given. Uh, you know, almsgiving, it's a gift freely given. Charity, love, these are gifts freely given. You don't expect anything in return. Obviously, if we love someone, we hope they love us in return. We hope they love us back. It can actually be quite painful if you love someone who doesn't love you back. That can, that, that can be quite, quite difficult. But for the three wise men, then, they, they give these gifts, not expecting anything in return. They're just they're free gifts. And this then brings about this, this season of, of, of gift-giving around Christmas, that we give gifts to those we care about, uh, not expecting anything in return, but just because it's just an expression of love. And that's the point I wanted to, to come to today on this uh, feast of the, uh, the Epiphany, this solemnity. Around Christmas, it's Jesus' birthday, and we receive the gifts. It's kind of the wrong way around. At the Epiphany, we see the three wise men arrive and they give gifts. I think it's very important for us to ask ourselves on a day like today, not so much what gifts do you hope to get from the three wise men, but now as, as kind of adults, as people maturing in their faith, what do you want to give the Lord? What do you want to give him? And I think it's, when we ask ourselves that question, we, I think it's, maybe it's just me, but I think it's so important to be realistic and to be grounded. Don't say, I'm going to do two holy hours every day for the rest of my life, because you won't, unless you're in a religious life. Pick something that you can do. Pick something that's manageable. And consistency beats intensity, always. Just like in any relationship, if you don't talk to your wife or husband for a month, and then on one day, you know, you spend the day with them and you go out with them and you have a meal with them and then you don't talk to them again for another month. You live in the same house, but just don't talk to them for another month. Like intensity, intensity is never better than consistency. Every day, a little and often, is much, much better than intense for a day and then nothing. Same with, you know, exercise. You know, you go to the gym for one day and you wreck yourself and then don't go for another six months. You won't notice any improvement at all. Consistency beats intensity. So with our, with our gift-giving with the Lord, I don't think it's so much, I want to give you something big now and then be done with it. But consistency, is there something I can give the Lord on a daily basis? Is there something in my life that, that I can let go of? Is there someone I need to let go of? Something, some attitude, some reaction, some person I haven't forgiven? And say, Lord, I, I actually, I want to work on this. I want to give you this, this memory, this hurt, this wound. The goal of it is that we can get to the point where we can honestly say, Lord, I give you my heart. So I, I, I give you everything that's in here. That's what we should be aiming towards. Like, 
we eventually, we want to give God everything. And if and when we do, then we're getting ready for heaven because if he's our everything, then we lack nothing. If he's our everything, then we're ready for heaven. But I think we can get there by, by degrees, but again, it's, it's, it's all about consistency rather than intensity. Um, if on a daily basis I can say, Lord, I mean, I'm going to start the day with a decade of the rosary, I'm going to end the day with a decade of the rosary, I'm going to... Uh, Maybe, maybe fasting, maybe giving something up. Maybe if you're prone to excessive cups of tea, coffee, biscuits, whatever it may be. Say, you know, Lord, I, I, but it's always out of love. Always out of love. Always out of love. It should be love that motivates us. To give the Lord something. But something, something that makes a difference. So that in, in here, in here, in my heart, the Lord starts to, I give him possession of more and more of my interior life. And if and when that happens, then, then we start to understand even God's understanding. We start to understand God's mind, God's, uh, how God sees gift-giving. That it's, not, it's not just about uh, you know, fulfilling a tradition, but it's an expression of love. So because I love you, Lord, I give you this part of my heart. Because I love you, I renounce this habit or hobby or whatever it may be, whatever, whatever we, we, you know, like, this way we, uh, no one can, can decide these things for you. But spending a little time with the Lord and asking him, Lord, what, what, what is it I can give you that, that, would, that would make a difference? And God loves a cheerful giver. So it's important that we don't kind of give and find, take it, or care. Never wanted it anyway. I mean, fine. You know, and just kind of reluctantly, like, wait for him to drag it off you. You know, I just take it. Just, just, just take it, okay? Just take it. <laughs> like, you know, that's that's not. I can imagine him. I can imagine him standing there just with a the hand open, not with a hand grasping or grabbing. His hand is open. Give it. Don't wait for me to take it. You know, phone time. There's a good one. Screen time. Uh, that, Lord, I want to have more time in my day for lots of other wonderful and beautiful things. For people, for books, for service, for all these things. So I give you half my screen time. Whatever it may be. We bring these things to the Lord ourselves and like, ask, ask him honestly, Lord, is there something I can do? Just one improvement I can make, something I can give you that you can possess more of my heart. So we ask our Blessed Lady today and St. Joseph and our three wise men, Melchior, Balthazar and Gaspar, we ask them for that understanding of, of what it means to, to give to the Lord, to give cheerfully, to give with a, a wide open heart and to give joyfully to our Lord, our Saviour, born in a stable in Bethlehem. Amen.